All right, guys. On today's episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we have another installment of Real Talk with Real Traders. And we have on our show today our very own Amy from the Discord, also known as Amy the Archivist. We'll get into that shortly. <laughs> but um, Amy, I just want to say thanks for joining me today. You've been a member of the group for quite a while. I don't think you were in from the very beginning, but we'll mm-hmm. we'll talk a bit about how you you found us. Um, but you've been here for yeah. a while. I think a lot of people look up to you. Obviously, again, we'll get into the whole archivist thing, but you like to kind of uh, <laughs> archive things and help new members find. There's a lot going on in this core, lots of channels. So you've kind of taken it upon yourself to, to help stay organized. Um, but but again, <laughs> thank you, uh, Amy, for joining me today. Thank you. You're welcome. It's good to be here. So chatting. Yeah. And again, as I said, for those in the Discord, you're a familiar face. But for those who may be new to the podcast or uh, aren't in the Discord yet, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background as far as your trading trajectory um, goes? Sure. Um, Yeah, I've been interested in investing for a long time um, and probably done it in a passive way, like as a passive investor for about maybe 15, 16 years. Um, And at one point, I can't remember when it was, my first stock ever was Apple. And it was when the first iPhone came out. (laughs) I was like, I've always owned Mac. I'm a Mac person. So I was like, I'm going to invest in that because it's the only thing I knew. Well, the question is, have you owned the stock ever since the first iPhone (laughs) all the way till now? Until last year. So I, I took me a while, but I sold out. I mean, I just, I was starting to trade more and of course the market doing what it was. And I was like, look, I, I made money on this. Yeah, definitely. Um, But I would, I would definitely invest in it again. Um, But I really started to get into trading itself, like more seriously last year. But yeah, I was doing a lot of investing and just kind of passively for years. And then I, really, really wanted to understand it a little bit more deeply. So I was my 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 background is for for a long time, about 10 years, I was involved in a nonprofit for artists. And so I got very interested in like grants and Hmm. like raising funds for nonprofits. And I wondered about the investment side and how people got involved in that. I just knew nothing about any of it. So I went on this like research rant. I'm just, I'm a consummate researcher. I just started reading all I could get. I went to the library and I was reading all these investment books. And so then I, at one point I just decided, you know, I'm either going to need to hire a financial advisor or I need to start taking like real classes to kind of understand this a little bit better. So when, when the pandemic hit, I was like, no, I have some more time. I can do this. So I started researching financial advisors and like, eh, I don't really, I like doing things myself. So I'm going to learn about this. So is I that took it or was there something about them that turned you off or did you just realize you, you like to be hands on? Well, as soon as I started reading about certain investments, I mean, first thing I did was read about mutual funds. I didn't really understand the difference between an ETF and a mutual fund. So I started reading more and more about that. And then what was in, in SPY, what the stocks were. And I started learning and the more I, started reading the more I was just like huh I I just kept going down as I call it rabbit trails the more I went down the rabbit trails like I really want to learn how to do this myself so it's not anything about a financial advisor in particular I just like knowing I like knowing what it is I'm doing 
<laughs> I'm just very hands-on with everything. And so at one point it just didn't make sense. And I really wanted to research it more myself. I mean, I have family members that have financial advisors, so there's nothing, there's nothing weird about that to me, but I just really wanted to do it on my own. So then I actually, during the pandemic, I took a investment course with a, a kind of value investing type guy. Mm-hmm. And it was a three day like workshop weekend. And during the course of that, they taught about options trading, you know, really simple stuff. Like some of it was TA based, but some of it was selling covered calls, you know, the usual kind of beginner stuff. And I was so fascinated. I mean, it just immediately, I was like, what's this? You know, I never, I didn't know anything about derivatives or futures or options. And so being who I am, I immediately started like going to the library and checking out books and, and learning all I could. And so I knew because I had all the, I had, I had a lot of spy and Apple. So I started selling covered calls on those. And, uh, you know, my first covered call, I lost <laughs> my first, I, I like to tell everybody my first options trades I lost. So I was not one of those people who had lucky first well, winners. A covered call. <laughs> what did you consider as a loss? Because I'm guessing if the call went in the money, then your stock went up. As and soon that's as that's considered co- a, a good outcome, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as the call um, got to the money, and I forget how far out I sold it, um, but as soon as the call got to the money, I I closed it out for a loss. So no, the stock gained. So in, okay. in the end, I did gain, but I didn't understand. I mean, I didn't understand what I was doing. So I was just like, I'm cl- I'm. Cl- it's it's showing negative. I'm closing it. <laughs> which out, my earphone keeps playing. Which turned out to be something I've done several times. Like as soon as, and I had to learn that. Like I, I my my risk way is as soon as I start seeing something get negative, my first instinct is to take it off right now. I'm not one of those that's going to like roll something forever and and wait and wait till it turns back around. No, it's coming off now. So uh, I had to teach myself about that too. But um, yeah, so after that first, after that kind of first few things, I started um, just Googling around and reading a bit. And I found a book I really liked by a fellow named Russell Richards, who wrote a, I think that's his name. He wrote a book about uh, options trading, mostly selling. And I think it was inspired by tasty style um, type selling. And so I was researching him because he had some Excel files that were supposed to come with the book, like a right. link, and I couldn't, couldn't find them anywhere. So as I was researching them, um, I came across a post that had the link to the Facebook. In the group. Facebook. So, okay. Yeah. Because I... I, yeah. I spoke to Russell a couple times and he w- he used to post in the Facebook group. I don't know if he yeah. still does. I haven't been in there for a while. Did you ever uh, make contact with yeah. him by any chance? I I actually searched for his name and I found the sheets. So I finally got them, you know, and so I saw his posts in there. But what was really interesting was at the same time I had found your Twitter. Um, and I don't, and it was separate from the Facebook group, right. group and I don't know what led me there, but I, I was probably researching selling puts on spy or something because at that time, that's really all I was limited to is, was either the, cause I only had spy and Apple mm-hmm. in my portfolio. And so I was selling and, and some bonds, but I was, I was selling calls and selling puts and I was trying to figure out, you know, 
is there a strategy you can do just selling puts on spy? And I'm like, of course, <laughs> I think I somehow ended up, I forget, the, I forget the trajectory that went on, but I ended up at your Twitter and I was like, oh, this is some interesting stuff. And I found something like a series of posts you wrote. And then I saw you were in the Facebook group, the same one with Russell. So I was like, I was reading your posts in there. And I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I was looking for. So yeah, yeah. that's how I found you. I and remember you either sent, I think you sent me an email first and this was around the time I, I think I left Facebook at some point after that, but yeah, you you found me when I was still there. Um, and after, and, and did you ever go and like watch a lot of Tasty Trick content? Um, I I did. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I did. I watched. I mean, I watched some of like the Mike and his whiteboard. Cause those are really helpful for beginners. That series, and especially like you know, so much of new trader like options beginner options start so right right away start with the greeks and that just confused me to no end so i really like how tasty kind of walks you gradually through some of those things and they also have an online class that's really great for beginners which i actually watched later after i understood the basics a little bit but um, i really like their stuff a lot and some of their um you know, the ones they did, the series they did with kind of walking people from absolute no knowledge to trading. Yeah, um, the options 101 or 201 or um, they have a bunch yeah. of kind of series that they did. What yeah. um, and I guess like after you found, you know, because there's obviously so much content on there. What yeah. did you start doing beyond the basic kind of cover calls and stuff? What was the first kind of more complex strategies, I guess, that you started experimenting with? <laughs> Selling puts on spy. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, there was another, oh, I mixed into this. There, I met, there's a trading group here in Austin. I forget the name of it, um, but I met um, a guy who's who runs that. And so I wrote him and he, I guess he, I guess you would call it, he has kind of a, a class slash WhatsApp group where people follow his trades. And so I guess it's and, and not, it's not really copy trading, but it is like he, he kind of teaches people some basics of different, some different strategies. So I was paper trading his kind of strategies following alongside him. None of them were real trades, but they were, a lot of them were strangles. And I think he did a couple calendars and I didn't quite understand those yet, but I was doing like strangles on various underlines, including futures and um, a couple of calendars. And that, that didn't last very long because I was just, I think, I think I really like simple. <laughs> I just really like simple. And so the thing that I understood at the time was, okay, puts are rich and spy is something I like owning. And so it makes sense to sell spy. So that's what I was doing when I joined your discord. And at the time I actually had some puts that I was rolling in the money and I decided to stop doing that because and I realized after talking to you and a few other people, like this is really actually not going well because it keeps going down and uh, liquidity is getting to be a little weird. And <laughs> so um, I said, I started doing Theta engine last year and at the best that time, year to do all, it. <laughs> I know. I know. And at that time, that's all I was doing. 
Um, starting beginning of last year into May, I was just doing Theta Engine. And I was also still doing, so um, I started taking Ron Bertino's class um, classes, and I took the portfolio investing class, and I got really interested in those tactical asset allocation, and that that stuff was really up my alley. So I applied all that into my Roth, and um, was working on that stuff. So uh, up until just taking a step back for a minute, it yeah. because for the I've known you for a while, and I've kind of followed your progress, and mm -hmm. like you're saying, you were doing those. Uh, just data engine or just put selling and it's very repetitive but i think yeah. do you feel like those few months half a year or whatever at the very least even if you weren't making money they were informative as far as feeling kind of how positions move like it kind of helps internalize some of the greeks maybe you're not overtly trying to learn theta yeah. vega vanna charm and all that but like yeah. just kind of feeling like oh here's what it does on a certain day on a red day on a green day um yeah. do you feel like yeah. doing those basics and getting repetitions um were kind of key to getting to the next step um before definitely. moving on to more complicated things definitely definitely i uh i mean i love to learn and so that's probably clear to, to to people in the discord i do read a lot and i really like understanding options a lot i like their complexity and so while that was when i was doing theta engine last year i was watching um i was doing some of ron's course you know working slowly through that and reading some books and and uh but yes the trades definitely do and i you know, it's, I keep saying, I keep having light bulbs along the way. Like, I remember finally, like, when I had light bulbs about, like, put skew, like, oh, okay, so that, this is what's going on. And then I remember, like, even with Theta Engine, um, at one point, uh, I was selling the 10 Delta puts because mm -hmm. I was trying to do positions every single day. And the 15 were, I mean, this was when... I forget the like the second big dump we had. I mean, it was just very rich at like the 15 Delta put. So right. I was like, okay, well, I'll be able to put one on every day if I do 10 Delta. Well, then we had another leg down and I had a mix of like 15 and Delta around the same DTE and the 10 Deltas like exploded faster. And I was like, oh, that's the Vegas stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, this was around the time I was kind of changing the strategy, updating the research and I, and I either had an episode or I, maybe in the discord i was like hey like some of y'all doing the five delta like i don't think it's necessarily as safe as you think it is especially no, even, given what's I going mean, on <laughs> i think you were already doing 15 delta when i started but just yeah. seeing that even that small difference i was just like oh they do react really differently the further down you go so i have seen it happen and i was like okay now i understand like 15 is kind of this sweet spot <laughs> And uh, so then from that point, I had to go smaller, but I was just, okay, I'm just going to trade here. I'm going to have to sacrifice one thing for another. But like you were saying, yeah, there's, I mean, there were so many things about last year that were really difficult. It's just difficult. It's difficult to lose money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then a couple of days, like I was in Israel when, uh, in April, I think when it was, when we had the really bad, there, there was like one night, because there were, I was traveling with some um 
older couples with my in-laws and they were, some of them were investors and they were all talking about it one morning. Oh, no. <laughs> like I mean, we had a crash this morning and I was like, I don't want to look at my, <laughs> and then I was like, that was a bad one. And I just, I was like, okay, I'll just wait till I get home and <laughs> see the damage. <laughs> well, actually I had to stop out a couple of positions while I was there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was hard, but I think, I think now looking at it, I'm just, I still feel really new. I feel like a really new trader still. And so I kind of expect that when I start something, it's, it's, it's not going to go the way I thought it would. And I'm going to pay a little market tuition in the process. And so like lately I've been doing the uh, double calendars, those short data double calendars. And I just kind of expected in the beginning, you're just going to lose a little until you figure these out because they're weird. <laughs> and, um, and they yeah, behave differently. I, and, I uh, think there's a lot of luck in terms of early success or failure. And I always say like early success is unlucky because you kind of get overconfident. So yeah. I think uh, having started in kind of a turbulent year is like a very good, like you're you're lucky to start when you did because if you make <laughs> it through, you, you kind of learn a lot. Um, yeah. Because now, and, and like you said, like you... And for those who don't know, um, Ron Bertino and his course, uh, PMTT, Portfolio Margin Training Tactics, it's one I kind of support a lot. Um, you can go back and listen to episode 53 where Ron was on the episode, um, on the podcast. But, you know, that's a pretty advanced course, right? And uh, it, granted, he it is broken up and there are some intro segments that like talk about kind of basic stuff, but it, it ramps up pretty quickly. And yeah. I think what you've said is like you've learned a lot and you've been, it took you like a year to finish that course or something like that. But you haven't really <laughs> I took even, breaks, but yeah, yeah. It, it took some time. But you haven't even necessarily traded kind of the main strategy they teach, right? You, you what you've done is learned a lot and maybe soaked up the knowledge and applied mm -hmm. those concepts to like things you do trade already. Um, and I think you mentioned you want to start trading kind of the, the STT or which is yeah. space rip trade, which is taught yeah. in Ron's course. That's kind of yes. the next step. So like you've gone and yeah. 2020, I mean, it's been two and a half years. You know, I, I think you've been in the discord for at least a year and a half now. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've seen kind of this evolution um, of your kind of knowledge. And then and like I said, you're always learning, which is a good thing. I think some people who... <laughs> Especially if, if you find something that works too well, you kind of just fall into the ways and you, you don't want to be open to changing or exploring new ideas. So that that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the, the podcast because I think you kind of really embody like what my vision was for like people who who join and, and that kind of creativity or like the curiosity, like you're always <laughs> wanting to try new things. Yeah. When you started, have you kind of... um expanded like the account size did you start like like you said you expect to pay tuition so did you start with like a small account at first like a tasty bites account that that's what they call it um and did you as you got more confident did you kind of start being more comfortable using more capital or can you talk a little bit about if there was a trajectory or a progression there um yeah that's been really slow for me and hard for me to it was hard for me to commit and because I just didn't know, I know. And I remember the first big loss I took and I, that made me realize like, okay, that's possible. And I didn't, I didn't really know a lot about sizing other than like sizing data engines. So 
that's like another never ending journey, learning how to size things, you know, for your risk tolerance. And um, so when I started Theta Engine, what I did was took one portfolio that I had, and that's, I was just trading out of that. So I would say that was under a 100k account. And then um, last summer, or last May, actually, I started trading zero DTE. So I created a separate account for that. And I put some other uh, capital that I had in that. So I had two different accounts going at the time. <laughs> and I've been kind of doing that for a while, like trading zero DTE out of one account. And then this, the one where I'm doing like the calendars and, and, um, and the earn, which I'm doing on spy. Um, I'm trading just really small sizes in that account because my now where I'm at is if I put these two accounts together, I have a portfolio margin account. So I've been actually, I just read through all the questions this week that TDA makes you take. So I, it's, it's time, it's time for me to do that. But I think that I wanted to keep, for a while I had three accounts. I, I just, I wanted, I had one at Tasty, one at TD Ameritrade and one at Ivy. And I just, I wanted to keep them separate. And maybe this is my my risk thing because I was like, then I won't be tempted to like over trade, you know, in one big account. So I was like, you know, and none of these accounts needed portfolio margin. So I was like, yeah, I'll just keep it the way it is. But then it got too much to manage. And I was like trading like two months ago, I was trading out of all three accounts. So I was like, I don't like this anymore. Plus, I do want to do the space trip trade. And I, I mean, you can do it on ES, but not really. <laughs> I mean, you can and well, but the, the fees are a big chunk. I've priced it out multiple times. So I'd really like to be able to do that on portfolio margin um, in toss. So that's my next step is to take the, the PM test. So and I will become, I'll become a big, big PM <laughs> trader. <laughs> uh, prior to that, did you keep them separate? Well, obviously you mentioned the uh, not being tempted to over trade, but besides mm -hmm. that, was it kind of just just logistically simpler to were you trying to trade like a different strategy in a different account it just was easier to manage yeah. i guess um yeah like for zero dt i really like keeping it in a separate account and I, I like you know because it's just the same thing every day and now i've been doing the same thing every day for a while so i don't have to um kind of really look like with calendars I'm looking a lot at the the Greeks or where it's going and I know that's true with SCT and so with I mean zero DD is just over and done but I really like the idea of having a separate portfolio for these uh, it's just you know it's like me I like I like categories for things I'm like here's this count this counts this category and this counts this category yeah no that makes sense um but obviously like you ran into having a login three different places and you know it, it's it's a little burdensome and also it is it's kind of interesting that you traded data engine with i think you were using mes but do you were you always using mes or did you ever trade it I, with, used, uh, I did es a couple times okay um because i didn't have pm but i uh i i couldn't do spy because of that yeah or or definitely not i don't have the account size for spx but it was but, interesting um, that you kind of traded strategies where you didn't have portfolio margin but you kind of had like portfolio margin like 
capabilities because of the span margin. Yeah. Um, and so zero DTE, you know, we traded with spreads. So mostly it's pretty capital efficient. You had mm -hmm. futures for Theta Engine. Uh, and I think, and like I said, you avoided STT because you needed a portfolio margin for that. Because the interesting thing was like with Theta Engine, when I trade with SPY, like you need the portfolio margin. Otherwise, the, um, the longs aren't recognized because they're in a shorter duration. But on the portfolio margin, it's based on the T0 risk and they do the modeling and stuff. So um, yes. I, I think you kind of unlock a lot of capabilities. And I would say this is not so much to trade bigger. It's just yeah. more a way to take advantage of the cross margining and like having more. Okay. If you, if you're going to trade at the same size, then okay. having more capital means yeah. you have more cushion for error. Not that you should push it that far anyways. So yeah. it's, it's kind of something. There's an irony there where like people go, Oh, I don't want to use margin. I don't want the leverage, but like you, you might, you possibly can get into situations where it's like having those handcuffs. It's just very restricting. Um, yeah. But I yeah. think I realize that now and, I think I, step, I, I think guess. I realize that now, you know, especially because I've been doing earn on spy and um, you can imagine on reg T like, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm doing spreads, but um, yeah. It's I, weird it's, with earn because before I didn't trade as a spread. So the portfolio margin helped, but with the spreads well, now, it almost becomes like a zero DT <laughs> in, in a sense. So I it's did, kind of interesting. I there. did. I did do it a couple times naked. Don't kill me, but I did do it because because I was just like, it's not, you know, if I if I got assigned, I can get assigned, and I know that's not ideal either. But um, <laughs> I was like, I can get assigned, but so I was just like, no, just just um, because it's you know on spy, if there's more of a drag there with the um, fees and stuff, than there, I mean, amongst other things, but. But yeah, it's I've been using your shimmer sheet to kind of plug the various things I've been doing. And so that's my hope is by the end of this month to kind of be able to size my zero DTE, my the urn and the calendars that I've been doing and then see see like how that fits in with a longer duration strategy like STT. And I really need, I, so I just really need one account to be able to do all these. And so that's what I've been actually was working on this weekend. It's just some of that playing with that sheet a little bit, because I feel like I've just, now I have the strategies that I know I'm going to be doing for a while. And so I really want to, I want to make sure they're all working well together. And that's it. If I go beyond that right now, like, you know, me, I'm curious, I'm going to keep researching and back testing. And I love that. But um, I feel like I need to keep things simple and just at those strategies, because I'll just start managing too much again. And that, that gets to be difficult. And then they start making mistakes when you're managing too much. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want to do that. I don't know. So, I mean, you know, you just mentioned working on the spreadsheet, you know, and we literally, this was a holiday weekend, right? So that brings up like, obviously you you really love digging into the numbers and doing the testing yeah. and stuff. Were you big into spreadsheets before for like, did you do that stuff for your jobs before or was it was spreadsheet and doing all the math and number crunching? Was that something that you picked up because <laughs> yeah. of the, the trading and stuff? It's so weird. I mean, uh, people are just going to find me the oddest person that ever got into this stuff because my background is entirely like in the arts. Um, and I was a writer and a journalist for many years. And then I, I started my own business in clothing design. So I was teaching um, sewing like all the way into the pandemic. 
And, but part of design and pattern making and clothing involves a lot of um, like modeling. And, and so what I do is I, I do it with, with drawing either on a paper, like with huge, huge uh, rolls of architect's paper or doing it online in a CAD program is I do a lot of like 3D stuff. And so I have spreadsheets with tons and tons of like sizes and like math and stuff. And so it gets really mathy, uh, you know, pattern making and clothing design. And so I loved all that stuff. I loved, I especially love like 3D design a lot. And so I, I mean, I have a lot of Google sheets just with all kinds of stuff, but definitely trading and, and doing doing it the way that you do it has taken it up a notch and i've learned a lot of tips that i just oh that would have made things so much easier if i would have done that you know so and, yeah and not I was, only I that was... like taking your logs and analyzing and learning about like sharp ratios and correlations and betas mm -hmm. was that all stuff you just had to pick up and i know ron has a course on another course on portfolio investing which gets in and all that so yes. was that all kind of like new to you and just stuff you it had was, to pick up it was all new to me and it was that i loved the portfolio investing course i mean i did that before i did the pmtt course but learning about all those things i was like oh it just that i i kept having light bulbs it all makes so much sense like what sharp is and and you know calmar and all these things and i just that that stuff really clicked with me and it made sense and i enjoyed um, so I, you know, set up my, like when I run a back test, and this is before you did the Chimera sheet, but when I run a back test, I have like a sheet in the front that runs all those numbers through the back test, like the ones that they don't have, like they have Mar and stuff on their test, but um, I just, I, I did all that stuff and I took it straight from Ron's course because I was just like, it's, so then what you added was the correlation between different strategies, which I really like to see. But yeah, I didn't know any of that stuff starting. I mean, starting last year, I really had no, no knowledge. <laughs> very little knowledge about finance. Very little knowledge about trading. <laughs> you guys, you guys have watched me grow. <laughs> and and I I think some of those concepts, like they they sound like these, you know, fancy finance jargon. But yeah. you don't need to know like calculus or anything complicated. No. There's almost like basic algebra or even just arithmetic yeah. in some senses knowing how to do an average and it's with those things it's more about interpreting and if yes. you know uh you can get a lot of qualitative inferences from a combination of not just a sharp you know not just the cake and not just the mar but yeah. if you know like five or six different numbers because each one encapsulates kind of a different characteristic of like yeah. the performance, drawdown, length of drawdown, depth of drawdown, all these things. Like you can know a lot. Um, yeah, I, I was curious, like after you know all these, like outside of like in a Discord, for instance, are there people mm -hmm. in your personal life that you can talk to this or you can even <laughs> mention these kind of things about or does that ever come <laughs> up? Oh, not really. I mean, I actually have... Um, uh, my husband has some friends who used to trade. So, I mean, that's kind of gotten me into a, a conversation with a couple of them. But um, 
And I know some people who invest, but not at the depth I am. I mean, it's it's like it is a full on rabbit hole. Option trading is really out there for a lot of people. I'm sure I'm sure anyone that does it knows. Like unless you work in this world, you know, it's just like you just get googly eyes when you start. I mean, even with crypto, I had a lot of friends that didn't understand crypto at all. And so I would mention that and they were just like, what? You know, <laughs> so um yeah, not not a lot of people that I can talk to about it. Other than I mean, and that's why we need groups because I think that I think I notice that part with traders a lot is the the isolation or the need for community, and so it does gravitate online a lot. And and uh, unless you have a partner or someone you work with that can you can kind of keep going with. A lot of people I imagine in your group just don't have anybody else to talk to about it, and it's nice having people that you can share those kind of things with do you view yourself as a full-time trader or how do you place trading in kind of your overall life picture right now yeah no i don't i don't view myself as one um i still run a business and i'm also i've been working on another one this year so i'm always kind of doing several things in the course of a day but I have like, I threw myself into trading last year, definitely. And it was, and, you know, during the pandemic, my business slowed down quite a bit. So I had all this time to learn about it and during the lockdown. Um, but the last, the last couple months in particular, I've been like, how can I, because I feel like I've solidified the things that I want to be trading all the time and where I'm happy with how they grow and I'm not expecting trading at all to be a primary source of income for me. I have I have some goals about where I'd like it to be in say like five years, but um, I'd like to be able to set that up in such a way that um, and now with automation things like that where I can just run it and it's not something I'm doing several hours a day because it definitely was last year. Yeah, no, I that mean was... even me trying to trade zero D to E. I remember my first week. And I was like, you guys do this all day? Like, how? <laughs> I was like, I was falling asleep at like four o'clock every day. I was like, and it's not like, it's not a lot of work. It's just the mental exhaustion of it. <laughs> and that was before automation. It was just like, what? How do you guys do this all day? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was actually kind of the perfect answer to what I had envisioned and again, with even the arc of the podcast, and now I mentioned like the goal now is really kind of to serve and educate the segment of the population where they want to be interested, but they don't necessarily want to aspire to be a full-time trader, right? They, you don't have to make this a full-time thing to get mm. kind of the value out of the learning. Um, and maybe there was some uh, kind of a... <laughs> The, the fact that you had that pandemic time to learn was a little yeah. lucky maybe, but yeah. I, I've said that like, if you put that effort in to educate yourself, like that will last you a long time because yeah. you can put that towards like you're doing how to best set up your, I don't know, strategies or portfolios where you don't have to spend all that time, but you are confident that you are adding value beyond just putting the money in spy for instance um and i know like even with the uh the portfolio investing course and you learn about dual momentum different assets asset allocation 
Uh, and mm-hmm. I've been on this big thing about you know my model portfolio approach, stacking options onto other things, trend following, whatever. Are you mm-hmm. kind of still doing some of that on the side? Um, I am. Okay. I am. I'm doing that in my my um, retirement account. I mean, it's it doesn't take a lot of work. It's just reshuffling every couple months. I mean, for a while, I was researching it a lot, and I'm pretty happy with with where that's at. Um, just so people know, I do like a dual momentum strategy in my um, Roth. And right now it's using um, a combination of, I think it's ADG, SPY, and DBMF, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. You t- told me earlier on, it's weird that you're doing a trend following on a trend following. <laughs> um, and so at some point I might like, you know, rearrange that a little bit, but it's super simple. And I just have those three kind of trading in and out um, of each other. And I mean, that involved a little bit of letting go. Like once I had done all the work, it's just, just do this for a while and stick with it and stop tweaking it because, you know, you're going to miss out on some bull runs when spy goes on a bull run. you're going to miss out, you know, but does that, how much does that really matter in the long run or, you know, like, this well, those always see, opportunities. You I don't see know. People going through that. I mean, yes. there's always there's always FOMO and trading, and that's been my big thing the last you know recent is just like trying really hard to notice when that comes up, and and not just ignoring it, but saying, you know what, I'm going to go back and look at this. Here's why I chose to do this, and I'm going to stick with it until next year, and then I'll reassess and look see is it time to reallocate to another strategy or what but just give it time like i did the work i'm gonna give it time yeah and and, and as far as like zero dpe goes i may be one of the stubbornest people out there because i believe i believe in the strategy i'm doing i just have i've had a couple of rough months with it but i'm not going to stop doing it because i know i i just feel like it's going to have going to have good times again but I have to turn off. I have to find a way to deal with the FOMO. I think everybody does at some point. We say FOMO, but I think everyone's been not doing well in the last couple of months. So there's nothing that you're missing out on necessarily, well, right? Well, maybe <laughs> when I say FOMO, I'm including just worried that there's something else you better that you could be doing. Sure. And, and I'll keep kind of overthinking it. I mean, I am... Oh, I am an overthinker to the max about a lot of things. And so I'm one of those people that could go, okay, let me go run some more back tests and just make, double make sure I'm doing the right, you know, uh, this and that. So I just have to be okay with it for now. And that's something, that's something I'm training myself to do. I really do think from talking to a lot of other traders who are full-time that the, that part, the psychological part is, is the hardest. Well, I can imagine, especially part. for somebody that considers trading a primary income, right? Which you don't. Yeah. So I don't. Always... I don't. And I, but I do it so much and I come across them so much like that. I, I really enjoy learning from them. And, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been, it's been super, it's been a super cool process to learn. It came at a really great time in my life to be able to learn it because I had a natural shift with what I was doing to be able to dive so deeply and not everybody can do that so the level at which I dove into options versus how much I'm getting out of it is is you know last year for in particular was 
like what most people would want a little, a little bit more spending that much time at something. But I was like, no, this is going to pay off for me. I believe that. <laughs> and actually this year has been great. I mean, I haven't had like, it's not full-time income for me, but I'm very happy with the returns I've had so far. Well, it's just a function of how much capital you commit, right? So you can always scale up if yeah. you want, you know? Yeah. Uh, do you feel like, uh, with the zero DT, you know, again, it's been a rough couple of months for a lot of people, but yes. I, I've been encouraging people to kind of like, again, explore different things. And it's not about like trying again, not having to spend more time doing a lot of complicated things. I'm always about like learning things and then things that are simple. And then you can kind of include different elements, uh, which you do as well. Do you find that like that helps in terms of kind of defraying the FOMO so you're not so concentrated because I know there's people who are very concentrated and put all of their expectations into the zero DTE bucket and so it just kind of hits extra hard um have you been yeah. kind of making effort to try and spread that out a bit and does yeah. that help yes yes and I mean I started I started last May and from May till about September, October, actually it was mid-October. It was amazing. I mean, I had a couple of, I was learning stuff. I was brand new at it, but I'm, I'm pretty mechanical. I'm very good at sticking with my strategy. Like I had all my times listed out and my size and it would, you know, every day I would, I would have my Netlick update. And so I would know how much I had to sell and how to divvy that up between my, my different tranches. And, and I was just very good at that. And then, you know, it was somewhere around mid to late October, I took a really bad loss, like a couple of losses. I I think, I don't think it was because of size. I'm trying to remember what happened the first time I had a, one day with a lot of double stops. If it's zero like DT, a, it's just one of those days. They just happen. Yeah. It was just one of those days where I got hit and I was just like, Whoa, okay. That can happen. And, uh, and then I had some sequential losses. So going into like in December was really bad. So when we started in January, I scaled back a lot in zero DTE. I mean, I got scared. I was like, I don't want to lose more money if it's going to keep doing that. You know, <laughs> And um, started trying some other things. So I was doing iron flies and that was zero DT. But um, I did those from December until I slowed on those down a couple weeks ago. But that was something I was sizing and, and doing every day. And then I started playing around with double calendars and... I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what else. I, there's a couple things I just kept trying. Like I would just... It's some things you don't know, like, especially with like the double calendars or um, I'm trying to think of one other strategy I tried um, at the beginning of the year. I just wanted to try them in small, like one lots just yeah. to see how they behaved. And so I, I do that because sometimes, you know, there's so, so much you can look at a bad test. You just got to try it and see. And so, um, yeah, so I've been trying different things and, and I'm, I'm happy with zero DTE as it is. I just, I've definitely used the opportunity the last couple of months to do some research. And I definitely, for me, feel like I would like to be in a longer dated strategy again, like STT or something like that, not just these super short dated strategies, which are, which are great. I mean, the. I mean, just to have some diversification, I see, right? Just to have Different some exposure. diversification. I see that the, 
the the potential the drawdowns are small depending on how you size right exactly all that stuff is great but i just don't want to be so concentrated there i really don't and personally and i but i'd like to have some there because it's good yeah (laughs) yeah i now that you mentioned i i wish you were able to hold on through 22 for te because oh my gosh just looking at I was like, it's amazing. I mean, I'm happy for everybody. It's amazing. But yeah, I actually had, I mean, when I set out with the, I was, I'm going to stick through this. I'm going to stick through this. I went through, some people know, Amy went through three and a half book wipes with T.E. I think you dodged one too. So I think it was two I and dodged a half. the very first one, but the, I actually, the, and it was October. Which was the um, bottom in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. hindsight, no, I, I I was trying to that dance between either like smaller size or being consistent as right. so as to avoid sequence risk. Right. And I was dancing around that. And so I was like, no, I'd rather just be consistent. And so I had to size up a little so that I could trade a little bit every day. And then October was just like horrible. I mean, it was just like, there it went boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I'm closing everything out. So I did. <laughs> I did. But um, that's fine. I actually didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I felt really good about it. And I felt like this is fine. I'm missing out on this part of the exposure. But I just don't. I don't want to be doing this right now. And, and I'd rather use the capital in another way. Yeah. And, and so, hopefully seeing it in hindsight kind of reinforces the fact that different things work they just go in and out of phase and you know at some future time if if your account size is big enough or if you want that particular kind of exposure you can always reintroduce it and hopefully knowing that the numbers you know are the numbers and you just gotta figure out how to size it um and i if you i just love what you did with the with the model portfolio with te because that's where my brain started going, even towards the end of doing TE. Like, okay, I would, because I remember when I was first starting to research the the tactical asset strategies, I was like, I really would like to use TE as my spy exposure. And it makes sense because it has, you know, better, some of these better risk metrics that Never I like. suggested return. Yeah, yeah. right. And uh, I love that. It's a great idea. So, I mean, perhaps that's something I'll get back into in the future with with another portfolio that does that. You know, that's more invested in that way. But well, definitely, once you combine everything into a PM account, right? Because then you can really allocate that capital yeah. and and yeah. and do the do it that way. Uh, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the archivist, <laughs> the role, <laughs> and how that yeah. came about. How did it come up? Because I know you were like, you've always been organized, so were you trying to just be helpful or was this actually kind of a exercise to help yourself that also ended up being helpful? And what we're talking about is you, you've been, you started like making these posts that would collect, you know, useful comments (laughs) or useful books, useful resources. Uh, Well, I do do that in real life about a lot. Like I, I have, uh, you know, Evernote with just notes when I'm taking and I'm learning something or I want to remember, it's just how I remember. So actually when I, not long after I joined the discord, I created my own discord and it's a discord of one. And I just had a page where I was just like, I would 
copy or write down things I wanted to remember or paste the link to, to a conversation I want to remember. So I was already doing that. And I think I mentioned it to someone in the group. And, and then I, I was, I think you, you asked me, like, would you want to just have a place to put that? <laughs> so basically what I'm doing in the archive section is what I was already doing in my own discord, except a little, a little more like well-written out because I cat scratched myself. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no. Because cause in our Discord, we had a, originally, well, we still have this, but there was a section called member journals where each person, if they wanted, there's a space they can just use it as a journal, use it as an outlet or whatever. And I think you had yeah. that, but we kind of made it more official because we even have like a, a start here page now where like you listed useful things mm -hmm. and, you know, like we have all these acronyms in the group now. So I'm like, oh, we can go go to this page and learn all the acronyms or you put up interesting videos from YouTube or uh, yeah, it's, essays. And, it's, yeah. There's like two things going on. I think one of it is when I first started doing zero DT, I did a total crazy at the time and went back to the very beginning of that channel and start, just started browsing through all the posts because I was trying to understand it because there's really nowhere, there's no one zero DTE, you know, but at the time there was kind of a collective, obviously within your discord, there's a, there's sort of a collective way of trading it. And so I was reading through them and I didn't, I didn't want to ask dumb questions, which I know a lot of people, <laughs> it's like all questions are dumb, but I was just like, I want to make sure I've read through these things. And so I have my questions ready. What is this? What is this zero DT thing all about? So I was doing that. I was taking notes in my, my discord of one on zero DT. And, uh, but then it's like, I, I have this thing where I do remember, I have a very strong visual memory of where I see things like when I'm reading a book. And so I would remember where I read something. And so that's sometimes when people ask me something and I post a link, oh, it is because I, I, I remembered reading it somewhere and what was connected to it. And that's just a memory thing that I have. But I also, I do enjoy, I enjoy giving people had some friends in from out of town yesterday and i realized like i really enjoy orienting people like if someone comes and it's like oh okay today's juneteenth and the bank's closed and but you know this is a great drive today if you want to be here and you know and it's just sort of like i enjoy that i enjoy helping people find their way around and and in a, a forum whether it's discord or wherever facebook reddit it's so easy to get lost and confused and you know, so I, I I think that's why I like having an orienting section. I see. I was just gonna say. I think I'm gonna go <laughs> rename that one channel from start here to orientation, TV orientation. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I just I linked that to the new members now, and there's like a, a list of like again the acronyms, what strategies are new, what's what. No, so I appreciate you know you. I I think people again, most people who have been around a while recognize you or know you're you're a valuable resource so appreciate you oh, <laughs> your engagement you. there um yeah. one other thing i wanted to ask about just to get your thoughts and like and, and you've mentioned this kind of in passing before obviously with the community it's like a valuable aspect of for new traders especially to have people to talk to um yeah. but can you speak to and it, and once again for people who like don't uh maybe aren't in the discord or don't have people to talk to and trying to find a group like has there been any uh you're one of the few kind of female traders in the group um yeah 
Do you feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of changed the experience at all? Um, I know, I don't know if it's like, because I've, I've listened to other people online and some people talk about how there's different perspe- perceptions um, yeah. about like female male traders and whether or not, yeah. you know, the competency and everything. Do you, do you feel any of that or is it, has it just been this like, you kind of proven your own. So it's a, just going, <laughs> <laughs> just going well. Um, yeah, no, I don't feel at all like there's uh, a competency thing at all. Like I definitely, uh, from others at all, I don't. I mean, I do think that women are minority in the trading world. That's really obvious to me, but I, I don't ever feel like there's kind of a difference in how they perception of how they do things. I mean, it was a, definitely a culture shock for me. I mean, the face like the Facebook group, which I came across, doesn't it's a little more like mixed like that, but I'm at been in, in and out of a few discords and groups. And sometimes you don't know, I mean, there's, you know, kind of a mix of things and you're talking to avatars half the time. So yeah. who knows, but um, you know, it's always been like trading itself and that's its history. It's, you know, and so it's, it's always been largely dominated, um, you know, by men over women, but it's, it's, it's changing a bit, I think. And I feel like, uh, I enjoy meeting other women traders quite a bit because I think it's it's nice to be able to express that and talk about what they're doing and how they approach it and just see if they're yeah you know it's, it's, it's like funny because some camaraderie. Uh, that's a good point because I, I remember there was a particularly bad week of zero DTE and whenever that happens <laughs> the room just goes nuts <laughs> people are like pointing fingers and and mm-hmm. moods are bad and then <laughs> you're you mentioning about how like it's so competitive in there and uh <laughs> and so uh you're when you talk you know you dm with some of the other you know like handful literally handful of, of females in the discord where there's not many yeah and you, you mentioned just even the way you guys communicate is like totally different <laughs> you're just like you're just talk you know yeah you of, know i just i i hate making generalizations but i mean i'll tell you this like before my work with what I do with clothing, like almost all of the, my customers and all of the other peers that I work with are women. And it was just like a radically different thing going from like social media online worlds with a bunch of women to <laughs> mostly men. And I, I, I can feel the differences in like the way, even the way that everyone talks to each other. I mean, they're two totally different professions cultures around them but yeah so with with some of the other the women that i've exchanged with online it's just i mean we go like we go personal like about who we what we do personally and what our families are i've just talked i've talked to them personally about different things and i think sometimes that's just not not to be like that but sometimes we we like to chat about things that are closer to us a little bit so it's like yeah well how was your week and what's going on so i think that's nice. it's nice kind of being able to off the side a little bit um yeah but, no. yeah, but that, the competitive stuff yeah it does get like that and uh you know maybe it's just a i don't know well I will, I'm, I not, say I'm not i'm not very my own worst enemy is myself I, I do compete with myself quite a bit but i don't feel competitive with anybody in the group and i i find some of that stuff to be a little off-putting 
I guess. Like, yeah, really? but it's hard to avoid, right? There's so many right different. About that. <laughs> yeah, there's so many different personalities for one, not just males oh or females, God. but just like different people, right? Different backgrounds, different expectations, and stuff. Yeah, and I, I, this is what I really, really love about about it is there's just so many people from all over the world, and I've really enjoyed hearing like different perspectives. I've just never. I mean, I'm in a group where I'm talking to Europeans and Singaporeans and, you know, people in India and I mean, even just yesterday and um, people in Germany. And it's just like, I love that. I love the global part of trading. It's fascinating. And, and it's, I'm always, I'm very curious. I'm always interested in how people got into it. And, and uh, yeah, I really like the diversity. And I also understand that online, those kind of communication, everyone, there's cultural, there's different cultural things of what's acceptable to communicate online. Some people are okay being ruder than other people <laughs> and are just speaking their mind like that, you know, and so it's just that there's different cultures all kind of clashing in one in space. And especially when everyone starts losing everyone. <laughs> yeah. That's true about zero DTE. And uh, when everyone starts losing, watch out. <laughs> Well, I can say that at least, you know, publicly in the group, you know, you're you're no different than any of the other people. Your willingness to kind of put yourself out there and then uh, <laughs> share the research and be helpful. So I, I think that uh, that's very admirable. So that people like that. And then and again, you, your kind of journey and kind of embodying like what I would what I had hoped people who joined the discord would get out of it. Um, what a trading community can be and what trading itself can mean, you know, in, in your life. Uh, and it doesn't have to be again, like an, an all in thing. It could just be kind of, I don't know, just a life experience. And it's just a part of your life and just something you do and kind of an everyday experience. Uh, so, uh, yep. but, and I want to say thank you for, you know, everything you've done, uh, you know, taking the time to chat today and, and making the the group, uh, especially the new people, just uh, feel a little bit more welcome. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy it, and I enjoy talking to others. And, and it's it's a great group of people. I've learned so much from others in the group, and I, I mean, I wish I could name them all, but there are some. I've met some great people through your group, including you. It's been, it's just been so helpful. I feel like, yeah. Growing, I'm growing a lot, and I do. I I do consider myself a trader. Like a year ago, I never would have said that, but I'm a trader. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would say I'm I'm someone who's interested in trading, but I would say I'm a trader. <laughs> well, that's that's good to hear, and I think that's yeah. a good place to leave it. Once again, you know, Amy, the archivist, we'll see you around. <laughs> it's a. Uh, uh, I know you turn everything off today for so you can focus on this show, but uh, I, I see a lot of crazy stuff going on. So I'm sure we'll be right back in the group and uh, we'll see what we missed. So uh, okay. I'll see you on the other side. Thanks, David.